Welcome to this edition of the Raz Report. We are super excited to have Griffin Johnson, a social media influencer, creator, entrepreneur, 21 years old, <laughs> making things happen, and he's just beginning. Trust me, if this if Griffin Johnson was a stock, you may want to buy, but you're going to sell part of his proceeds. Investing in people, Griffin, could be a business. And, hey, you know, you, you, I see it. I yeah. see it. Um, so what's up? How are you doing today? Where, where are you today? I am in the studio um, at our uh, actual like Sway house. I, I would say if you could call a house Sway still, this would be the Sway house. Um, this is where Bryce. What do you mean if you could call a house Sway? Like, is it not as much? Well, we're split up now. So we had our original house, um, you know, in Bel Air when we first started. And now we kind of split up everywhere. So this is like our workhouse slash like reunion house. This is, this is like the um, Sway house, if you had to call one house Sway. And why are you guys splitting? Like, why are you splitting up or like the house? Is it because people want their own houses or what's the reason? Well, a little bit of it was because our group was getting too big. Uh, there's, you know, nine of us total. And um, yep. basically we had to split up because first off, we couldn't get a house big enough. Second off, because we all had different goals um, on where we want our careers to go. So we kind of split off based on where we're trying to go and what made sense. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. So it's kind of like, kind of fun to be together in the same house. But then you guys like, it's, yeah, it's kind of like bittersweet well, a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to focus with all of us together. And we kind of had to split ourselves up a little bit also based on like who we get in trouble with and who we don't. Got it. So, un un yeah. Understood. So, Griffin, <laughs> how many people follow you on TikTok these days? Is that your most followed platform? Yeah, uh, almost 10 mil. 10 mil. We're creeping so, up on it. Yeah. You're one of the major guys. Let's take it back to when you were a youngster, like eight years old, 10 years old, 12, like, what were you up to? Like, what was your thing? What were you doing? Were you a techie? Were you a sports guy? <laughs> yeah. So growing up, I was definitely a sports kid. That's, uh, that's basically about all I did was, you know, travel ball. And, um, you know, I started flag football, basketball, baseball, played a little bit of soccer, um, later got into golf. And actually, whenever I was really young, I, I, my whole career other than what I thought I was going to do was swimming. Um, I still hold like probably over 30 swimming records, uh, maybe 20, 20, 20, 30. Um, and, uh, that's where I thought I was, I was going. And then Wait, what in high of, school, what kind of swimming records were you like a freestyle or all types of, uh, strokes, everything. Uh, my, my, my favorite was the I am and breaststroke. But uh, I hold a couple in uh, like the 25 and 50 freestyle and a couple different um, YMCA's. So did you um, have that beautiful hair not then back then or did you shave and everything and do the whole thing? No, I, I, I didn't have much hair at all, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did that up until I was uh, 14. And basically I had to decide whether I wanted to transfer like high schools or not. Um, so I went to school in Illinois and I would have had to transfer to Indiana because I live like right on the border and uh, I just didn't want to like, you know, move schools. And uh, I regret it because in, in some ways I regret it because a lot of my friends, um, whenever I was 14, my, my state relay team, I think like two out of the four went to swim. One of them was at like Florida state and one of them went to Vanderbilt or something. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely where I thought I was headed for sure. 
So do you, you miss it a little bit? Um, sometimes, yeah. I was I was in really good shape. I miss that uh, for sure. I mean, the swimmers were the best. Yeah, I, I, my best friend was a swimmer, so that's why I know about it. And then you, but then in high school, you you're so you're swimming, but you're also playing. Were you also playing baseball? Yeah. So baseball was like after besides swimming, baseball was always like my my main sport. Um, that's that's what I love to do. And what position did you play in baseball? Um, I played I played around a lot. Uh, I moved around center field. Uh, I pitched second base, but um, mainly, I, mainly I like to pitch. You, so were you a good pitcher? Um, I wasn't the hardest thrower, but I definitely threw threw strikes, and I was good with placement, so it kind of made up for it. Yeah, were you lefty righty? Righty. Right. Okay. So you weren't like yeah. Verlander, but you weren't like you had, you had skills, right? Yeah, it was more about placement for me than it was than it was speed for sure. Got it. Okay. And, you're, and you didn't get like a Tommy John surgery. You're healthy in that area. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I had, I have bad labrums, but other than that, I'm good. Got it. Okay. Um, and so then that was high school. And then did you go to college? Yeah. Um, I ended up like, I, I didn't even get to really finish out um, my baseball career. I, I ended up getting hurt and didn't end up playing. So um, I kind of got shut down short, but How'd you get hurt? What, that's, what do you mean? Well, it was, it was my labrum. I had a oh, lot of was. problems. Okay. Okay. Um, I also, in my, in my rib cage, like my intercostals, I, I pulled some muscles and they never like, I couldn't get them to heal. Um, cause I would never let myself recoup long enough. So <laughs> I always had problems with that as well. Got it. Um, so then what, so what, what'd you do after high school? Uh, after high school, I went on, um, I always wanted to play sports, but ended up, you know, I, I, like I said, I was, I was hurt. Um, and I never got around to that. So I went into nursing school, um, at Indiana state and I got about two and a half years in before I did social media and everything kind of took off. Yeah. So nursing school, tell me a little bit about that. Like, when you, yeah, <laughs> nursing school is kind of the reason why I'm here right now. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's where I started off with my content. And, um, you know, I was, I was actually finishing up. It was hard for me because I was doing nursing school the summer before. So the summer going into my junior year, I went on tour, um, with all the boys, super dope, um, had a great time. That's where I made all my connections, but it was hard for me because I was trying to stay relevant and continue my career and also do nursing school at the same time, um, which was, which was difficult, uh, staying up late, trying to keep connections with my friends on the, you know, West coast and I'm on the East coast three hours ahead. And, uh, I struggled. I was getting like three hours of sleep a night trying to do my homework and keep my friends and make content and then go to class. So it was interesting. It was interesting. You were doing TikToks back then? That's how it all started. That's your, yeah. Uh, also my teachers hated me, um, at, at my school. They, they, I, I, they were nice, but they weren't, they were fake nice. A lot Why of the they time. Hate you? Um, because of my social media stuff, like I would take videos in my scrubs or like, um, you know, people would always be telling my teachers about my videos and they'd be showing them to them. And then like people would get jealous and they'd tell my teachers I'm cheating and like, I'm doing this. Like people were always after me in college. It was like, we had this like nursing counselor 
kind of. And I felt like I was in in her class every week, like in her in her, in her office. Room. In her office. Yeah, in, <laughs> in her in her office because people were like <clears throat> trying to get me in trouble or accusing me of this or showing videos. Um, so it was really annoying. I'm not gonna lie; it, it really sucked. And I mean, like you know, the Kaplan, right? The Kaplan. We had like like the nursing tests. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I had to take my practice Kaplan um, in the office with her because people kept saying I was cheating on things. And That's how bad it was. And you weren't cheating. No, like it's like almost impossible. You sit in a classroom. A teacher walks around through the whole thing, and. Um, yeah, I, I was always just getting accused of stuff. So I literally had to sit in her office one on one and take it with her. Like, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. It, it sucked. No, it's just really interesting to hear that. It's just, it's like people just want to ri- like make up stuff. And it's yeah. unbelievable, to be honest. No, it, 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 it's trickled down. It's even worse now. I couldn't even imagine being in school now. Um, I, I do online classes. I'm a senior. I have like, I literally have one semester left, but to be at, at class on campus, just the things that people would be doing, I don't even want to know. No, I mean, and this is interviews about you, but like, uh, another media site forwarded me an email. Someone sent them, there was an article about me. And then this guy writes an email that I have stock in these random, like shady co- and I've no, like, no, you know, I'm an open book to right. be honest. Like I literally, because I'm so out, like out there in the financial media thing, I don't do anything that I would like, if someone would write on the wall street journal front page, that's, I don't do anything that wouldn't be kosher for that. You know what I mean? Right. And this guy writes an email to the editor of this other website and he forwards it to me, try to look up his email, but it's like a fake thing. Everything's fake, but just made up this whole thing. I mean, like not, there's not even like a percentage of truth. Not even, you know what I mean? Like I would be, if it were, if it was, I wouldn't say the story, you know? And I feel like you say yeah. this nursing, the cheating thing, you must've been going crazy. They're telling you, I mean, that's like a, that's traumatic a little bit, I would say. Yeah. And it's like, it, it was, it was almost like I was always paranoid. It was like, you know, nursing, it's all about your group because you, you only have, you start off with 50 people that they accept into the program and it kind of dwindles down as people fail or people drop or whatever, and they don't accept more people. So like that was, I was a year and a half in, um, basically into like starting my first like nursing classes so like it just kept dwindling so there's probably i think there was like 38 of us by then and a lot of it's studying together and learning together and having that group because like it's not easy like nursing school is not an easy thing uh but i had my roommate and like two others and like they also were getting accused of stuff just for being with me like our group my association yeah, like my group did really well. I think um, all of us made dean's list. Like we were, we were killing it, but people hated us. Now, you, did you go to nursing school because you wanted to be a nurse or get a passion for helping people? Yeah, so I wanted to do anesthesia. That's, that's what like my, my goal was before doing uh, all this social media stuff, um, which kind of correlates. People always ask me, like, how do you go from being a nurse to doing this? Yeah. It's like – you being you're you're a nurse to sacrifice your life to you know help people and change lives and then now you get to do that with millions of people every day got it yeah i was just thinking anesthesiology nurse you put people to sleep but you do the opposite with 
what you do now. You keep right. up, you keep up my daughter and Riley and my son <laughs> son Josh. Speaking of that, we have a a wait, a guest here, Josh, who's going to ask a couple questions in on this stuff. But I have a question. When you were getting, you come in, Josh. When you were getting accused of like cheating stuff, were there nights where you were just at home like crying or like anxiety, like? I mean, even when I saw this email today, which I don't get it like you get it, but when I saw this email today, I was like, this guy is receiving it at this other website. You must think there's some truth to it when there's like, like I would take any lie detector test in the million. You know what I mean? Like, how do you go through that a little bit? Yeah. So I would say the oh, hardest part for me was like, I'm a, I'm a pretty straight up dude. Um, I definitely have my moments where, you know, um, I can be, you know, quite the shithead. But whenever it came to that, the hardest part was – just like, first off, I'm not saying I'm right. Like I would never justify, like I've done my fair share and like I kind of towed the line and um, wasn't exactly like the best form of myself, especially at that time in my, in my career. Um, but first off, it, it was just a Snapchat. Like it wasn't like, I, I felt like I was getting like criminalized for 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 the whole thing and on top of it like there was so much going on behind the scenes and no one knew about it but like i couldn't speak up so it was like almost like a bad dream where you where you can't talk if that makes sense like like if you were put in a scary situation or like a dilemma like someone's like chasing you around with a knife and you can't scream for help that's basically how it was because no matter what i said or what i did i lost i mean and and it's unbelievable because you can't it's like the truth is on your side, but you can't prove it or show it other than like right. track track you and people were just jealous of you and envious, jealous, envious, annoyed, all that stuff, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, I, um, the whole thing from the situation was like, I knew I had done wrong, but I just wish that everything, like, I, I feel like it was a lot of the, um, you know, background was left out of it and I wish it just would have been a fair playing field and everyone could have just been mature and like, it never would have happened the way it did. Um, but there's, you know, we're all, we're all kids and we're all trying to figure it out. And like, nobody wants to take the blame for doing what they did. Um, so and did they like do mean stuff too? Like pray pranks, pranks on you, write stuff on your door, that kind of stuff. No, it wasn't like that. It was more like, it was more like public humiliation, you know? Like, Which sucks. And not only was it bad, but like, it was also, um, you know, it, it was like salt just being rubbed in the wound at all times. Like, instead of just letting it happen and letting me just like get destroyed on the internet, it was like the extra little comments or the extra little this or the extra little that. Anytime I would say anything to try to defend myself or like speak out. Um, so it was definitely, one, it, was, it was a mental roller coaster for me. Well, no, the thing that scares me about all this is how many other kids are getting that ridicule and then they do things that are, so that those are short-term problems and they take a long-term solution to it. And you know what I'm talking about. And so yep. how many other kids are ridiculed and think they have no way out or this, and then do, you know, commit that, you know, suicide and stuff. And, and I think that me mental health is the most hidden discussion in the world right now yeah no i i never really realized um because i didn't do social media growing up at all um so i never really saw it 
And I didn't truly understand any of the, you know, mental health or anything about, um, you know, social media, like they spoke about until that moment, like, that was the lowest point I, I had ever been in my life. Um, mentally, for sure. And I'm usually like a pretty chill, like straight up, like, you know, vibing dude. And like that, that was definitely terrible. And anyone that wasn't, you know, um, you know, bad home life or other things added on top of it. I was very fortunate to have good friends and like a team and, uh, you know, everything else was good, going great for me. So I was able to fight through it, but like, it was scary. It was definitely scary. Did you go me. to your parents at all? Um, not really. My mom, of course, would always message me and be like, you know, I hope you're doing okay. Yada, yada, yada. But, um, no, I, under, I understand that because you didn't want to go to your parents or your family because you didn't want to worry them and you didn't want to worry them. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to worry them. And, um, I just didn't want to like, you know, I'm all the way on the West coast. I don't want them thinking that, you know, I'm not doing okay. So a lot of it, I kept bottled up pretty well until, you know, in the past month or two, I've really started to like speak out and like talk about it from my side. Um, just because like, I don't think I haven't done a good job at like explaining who I am as a person on the internet. I, and I've been trying to do that and show like my personality and, um, you know, the layers that there are to me as a human. I hope this partly does it. Now, have any of the people that were mean to you back then or bullies, have they come out or said anything to disagree with you or have you talked to any of them or any of that? Well, the problem with social media is like the people that were really giving me a hard time were just other creators that were trying to like bury me even deeper for views. Um, because obviously if they talked about the situation and roasted me, then it would do really well on the internet. So a lot of those people are just fake in general. Um, I don't know if you ever seen my, my channel, but I don't really collab with anyone outside of Sway. Just because I feel bad for all of these kids that idolize people that are fake. Like Sway's done multiple things that are wrong. Um, you know, we, we've had our fair share of don'ts, but like at least people can look at that and they can say they're normal kids. They don't fake anything. And we can learn from that, you know? Sway has learned from our mistakes. If you look four months back when we were in the old house, we're completely different kids. We're changing the world, we're changing culture. You know, we're, we're building things and trying to teach our fans real life advice and generational wealth that they can take on. And like, even if it's just a little bit and that idea in their head of investing and like getting curious about it, um, you know, I love it. And a lot of the people that used to make, you know, make fun of me they go out, they, you know, they go live, make money off their fans, go buy a Gucci belt and they have no money to their name and they're never going to build anything that actually holds any value in the world. So like for a while I let their words bother me. And then I realized like, I'm just going to change and maneuver my way around it. And I'll watch them sink as I rise. No, so no. It's, no, that's it's powerful. A, it, it, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, it just took me a while to realize that, you know, and like, let them see. They what never, you yeah, they, they, they always just, um, they're always fake. Anytime you see them in person, they can roast you the day before talk and talk trash on your name. Then the next day you see them and they're like, Oh, Hey Griffin, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? I missed you. It's like, I, I just feel bad for, for, 
all these people and they have, they have millions of followers that, you know, look up to them and that's who they are. I just, I feel bad. And so the, one more thing on this thing. And I, you're talking about the mental health thing in the last couple of months you've come out with it. When I started this company, it's not like 120 people, but when I started it every night, I woke up at three in the morning, the most anxiety, anxious, mental health stuff that you could imagine. And right. the issue with what you were describing is that you, you didn't want to go to your family because you didn't want to worry your family, you know? Of course. And so there's a lot of kids like you were back then, or like I was, that they do take the wrong approach to it, you know? And I got help and stuff like that. And I think it's, I think it's really powerful for you coming out and talking about this because they see Griffin Johnson in shape, famous, TikTok, you know, all this stuff. Um, and they're like, oh, like I'm jealous of that. And I think people need to peel back that onion like we're doing right now and talking about your trials and tribulations. And I, and I, and I, and I sense, I sense, by the way, that there's more to it from you that like you're not even totally sane when you were nursing school and people were like doing stuff to you or not doing stuff but yeah. saying stuff. I like sense there's more to it that you're sort of holding back. Just like I'm holding back what I didn't, I just recently told our team members about this stuff, but I held back a little bit, but I feel like there's more. And I feel like the more you tell that story, the more it's going to change lives and also make people know that imperfection is okay. And getting ridiculed is okay. You just gotta, if you know you're a high integrity person doing the right thing, then that's good. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, uh, I've really been working on that. I realized that, you know, for me, if you speak to me in person, I don't really know a lot of people like, and not to be an asshole or like, you know, speak out, but um, like I, a lot of people that meet me in person, they, they realize and they, they say, Oh, I thought you were going to be a lot different. And I always wondered what that meant. I was like, I think I'm different. Like I'm always nice to everyone. Um, I feel like anyone you talk to, if they, they've met me, they would say I'm, I'm nice, at least for the most part. And it, I didn't, I didn't understand because I, I guess I couldn't see from the outside how people view me. And when it, whenever they started saying, I didn't expect you to be like that, um, that's when I realized I wasn't telling enough about myself. I feel like just from you talking to me now, you can, you know, you kind of feel me and you can see that I'm a normal human being that goes through things. And like, I want people to learn from me just because I've struggled with talking to people about, you know, my issues and things that have gone on since I started this journey. And like, I just have really sucked at communicating that. And I feel like I've been very superficial and, um, you know, not built that, that connection that with my it, following. It'll, it'll happen over time. It'll happen over time. But my final question on that is if those kids weren't mean to you or whatever, do you, and the teachers weren't mean to you, do you think you would still be in nursing school or be a nurse now and not be doing this? Or I think this was your path either way. You know, I, I don't think I would be here because kind of the thing that got me into social media was I was looking for an alternative because I, my whole life, you know, I didn't grow up with a, a lot of money or anything like that. So like nursing for me and anesthesia, I love chemistry. And it was kind of like, it was something I liked and I wanted to help people, but I, I don't think I really, really, really loved it. Um, so as soon as that environment started turning toxic for me, I really started thinking of alternatives and that's kind of where I started social media because I saw that you could make money from it. Got it. So. No. Um, awesome. So, okay. So, um, Josh, it's your turn to ask a couple of your questions. Now, you know what you want to ask. So yeah. go talk in the microphone and there you go. So I heard about the Yankees thing with the, um, Brian Cashman. Cashman. 
what's going on with that? What's going on with that? Um, so Brian Cashman is a great guy and he came on to my uh, new podcast brain day that I started with, uh, Tom draw. And, um, basically I, I kind of told him about baseball and I loved it. And, um, he knew I had played and kind of looked up my, my, my history. And basically he was like, Hey, I'll send out some scouts. I'll get you trained up, knock the rust off. And, uh, we can see if you're cut out to be a Yankee. So, um, you know, I, I've started my training with that. Um, when did you start your training? That's... Last week, actually. Wow. What so kind of like training? Working, uh, just hitting and fielding, um, mostly. Working on some mobility, like um, with my arm and, you know, uh, band work and all of the normal basic throwing stuff. But, yeah, just getting back into the flow. And I'm going to, you know, I've been working out, trying to, get my strength up so I can compete at that, at least at a minor league level. Interesting. So you're, are you excited about this? I'm super excited. You know, it's not guaranteed, but it's definitely looking pretty bright in the future that I might be playing, um, you know, minor league baseball. So I know someone's listening. They're saying, wait, so Brian Cashman sent out scouts, but then the scouts say, okay, this guy has some talent. And then they find you some trainers to like help you. Or like, how to? What's the next step? Yeah, so like, <clears throat> basically, you know, I'm I'm working on getting my way to play and play professional baseball at this point. Um, just getting the right training and you know, working on getting my skills back up to when I played. And uh, basically, it's just getting back in the flow and then trying out and um, working with Brian to see if I can you know play professional baseball. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy and exciting. I mean, that reminds you of like Michael Jordan or, you know, other guys. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I guess the working out that you guys do will be good for that, right? Yeah, I consider it a Tim Tebow. A Tim Tebow. There you go. Okay. Josh, ask your, your one more question, Josh. So what's your favorite thing? Like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok? Thriller. Thriller. So I do, I do love Thriller, but um, I would say YouTube is my overall favorite. I've... I know people listening to this might be like, well, he doesn't post regularly. Uh, YouTube has been the most challenging platform for me to get into um, just because it's long form, you know, and you kind of have to love it to do it. But I love that challenge and I love the long form content where I can actually express my personality and put a lot of creative thought into it. So do you like YouTube though? Are you, what do you spend time like consuming? Is it YouTube or watching other people? Where do you consume yeah. most of your content? So recently, especially in the past like two weeks, I've been watching like two or three hours of YouTube a day. Yeah. Just working on my, just like working on my craft and figuring out where I want to go with my career on YouTube. But what kind so, of people are you watching then? Um, I watch all things. kinds. I, I've been getting more into reaction videos. Like, you know, one of my biggest inspos is Cody Ko, um, Sniper Wolf. Um, and then there's obviously like a couple others. Um, um, Nelk Boys? Uh, Nelk is, I love Nelk. Like, they're my friends, but like, that's not the content I aspire okay. to do. Got it. You said um, reaction. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, YouTube is an interesting. H2. Thing. That's another one. Okay. Got it. Uh, Josh, any more questions? Um, um, so for the third one, when you, what do you do when, like, when you wake up, do you, like, is it the same as Bryce Hall's? 
<laughs> so it's very similar. Usually when we wake up in the mornings, it's like, I usually wake up every day around 8, 8.30, around there, depending on how late I was up. And then we just go work out um, pretty much every day. Uh, so we're usually done lifting by like 10, 15, 10, 30. And then we go and like eat like, and grab something from Jamba Juice or um, something like that. And then uh, we come back to the house around 11, 15. We film until about noon and then we go on to our calls. Sometimes we have calls before that. Uh, but usually filming is right around noon, whether it's a call between, um, you know, driving home from eating or whatever it is. And then the rest of the day is calls. And uh, we have a couple of days blocked out every week where we just film YouTube. So what kind of calls? Um, so it, it varies. We have some. That are, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we have some calls that are just about business. So like any kind of um, investing, like putting our money into other companies, hoping they do well. Um, we also have calls that are just about building things like building our own business, you know, like an energy drink. Uh, we just, we just started that. So there's a lot of calls about, you know, making sure it runs, it runs well and people are happy with their product um, and what they're drinking. And then some calls are just setting up like collabs or like new shows. Like I'm working on a new show right now that I've had a lot of calls about um, just making sure we have the right people on the team. What kind of show? Ah, another good question. So the show I'm working on right now, I don't know if you know um, what Tosh.0 or Ridiculousness is. Yeah, I do. You yeah, you may not, so, you know, but Tosh.0 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So basically what I do is I take really funny videos that are on the internet and I break them down and talk about like why people might have messed up or why it's funny um, or just make jokes about what they did. And uh, it's just really fun to watch. So, have you guys, are you guys just do like filming it yet, or it's just in the the stage where you're getting close to filming it? Yeah, so we're really close right now. We're actually just working on um, some of the budgeting. Thank you. And once we get all of that figured out and how we're, um, you know, the cost of everything, we'll pretty much be done. So I'm thinking by early December. Got it. That's a, that's exciting. So that's your first show, and you're trying to syndicate it to like a network. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's. Uh, we basically have it. We we already have it sold. Now we just have to work out on the budgeting. Got it. Got it. All right, Josh. Josh is out. Okay, now hey, we're gonna Josh. see you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Okay, so now we're gonna get to a couple more things. You, you, um, you guys have been actively investing in like startups too, or angel investing. Yeah. What made you want to start doing that, and um, where do you want to take that? So for me. Um, we basically with Sway in our past, we don't get very many brand deals. Um, so we had to think of an alternative and how we're going to make our money. So we basically said, we're not going to use anything unless we build it or we invest in it. So that's kind of like how the angel investing started. It was like, I want to put my money into things that I use and I believe in or people that I believe in. Um, that I've met along the way that, you know, starting companies. And I basically, my investment strategy is if I use it or I can build it, I invest. If I meet someone and I believe in them and I, you know, I think that they have what it takes to be a great founder, 
you know, I'll invest in them regardless of whether it's their first company or their fifth company. There's people that I've met that I know that are eventually going to make something that turns into, you know, a deck of corn or, you know, a unicorn. Yep. Yep. So it's smart. So you're, it's, it's using your network to find opportunities and then using the products that you're going to use instead of using some big conglomerate that's been around for 50 years. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, business is changing and you know, our culture in sway, especially has kind of shown that, you know, people invest in the things that we use. So we might as well, if we're already shaping the culture, we might as well build it or, you know, start it off and invest in it first. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, you guys, why not sell it? I mean, that, and I talked to, um, um, I talked, whatever, I talked to one of your guys about that exact thing. Like, instead of promoting the Dunkin' Coffee, you may create your own, you know, create your own product. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. Why, why would we promote it when we can make our own? Yeah, that was Josh Richardson we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you can create your own. And I've known you guys. Any investments you want to talk about right now or just mention their names? Give them a shout or? Yeah, so um, my very first investment that I was really excited about was Lynn Table. Um, it's my friend. His name's Sheridan Claiborne. And it's a 401k. It basically matches your 401ks for people that can't. How'd you meet him? I met him. He's, he's a Valley guy. I met him through Michael. Um, okay. He came over and like, Sheridan is just a hustler. So I, I, need to, I respect I need to get, his girl. Yeah, I need to get back to him. He, he DM'd me. I forgot. And now I get back to him. And I know the guy's a mad genius. I know he was a, um, a scholar of what's, what's his name, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And he's like graduated college, like at 15 or whatever. So. No, he's, he's an evil genius. I'm telling you, he's, yeah. he's, he's a crazy man. Yeah. I love so, him. That's good. So, so that, so that's one of the ones and you're, and you're going to do more. Um, yeah, that's one of many that I have right now, but yeah. Yep. And then, um, to this one, how many approximate Instagram is your, is your Instagram DM open or is it blocked? I mean, people can DM you, right? I mean, um, yeah, people can only DM me if I, if I enable their request. Got it. Oh, so, oh, but how many requests do you get a day probably or a week? <sighs> Dude, I don't even, I don't even thousands. I don't even know. So, 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 so what? So what if someone, um, like, you don't, you can't read them all, obviously, but like, right. what, if there, what if there was one that was like really valuable and it's like, don't, don't you sometimes like get like anxiety over like, not anxiety, but like, should I hire, like, uh, should I hire like an assistant to read all of them? Well, yes and no. The reason I don't read them personally is because some of them are like super offensive. Uh, and some of them are great, you know, and it's kind of like, it's kind of the punches you have to roll with. It's like. You know, there's sometimes there is some valuable ones in there. Luckily, you can filter it from top requests, which is like your most like if someone verified or someone that has a high following DMs you, it goes to the top. So I use that feature. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's it's definitely you know just one of those things you kind of just got to deal with. It wasn't a problem you had way back when, that's for sure. But um, it's right. interesting now. So I mean, I wonder if they did a thing where you charge a dollar to send an Instagram if it lessened it. So one one guy at night eventually like make email costs for every email you send out, have it charge a dollar. So people would take more time and care. You know, when something's free and just easy, then you get a lot of terrible noise. Right. And so right. that's you know, one one story on that. Um, so the um what was I gonna say? Now going to today, you, uh, I think you have a new song coming out. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that is correct. You, so, uh, this new song, when's it coming out? 
Well, right now I'm working on getting the song is finished for the most part, but I'm working on the music video because the music video is what's really going to capture the, the, the meaning of the song. Got it. Uh, okay. It's a parody. Uh, nothing crazy. You think you're going to do a lot more music? Yeah. So I've been working with Cal from Time Flies. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, but I don't know working- Cal from Time Flies. He's a producer or something? Yeah, well, he's actually, he's got a couple, you know, he's got a couple songs, I think one or two that are platinum, and he, uh, nice. he, he he's, a, he's a lyrical genius, but uh, we're working on creating a, um, like a parody group, like, um, it's called literally Alter Ego, because we want it to be our alter egos, and we're just going to make a bunch of, like, college, like, parody, party, fun songs. Okay, so take parodies. That, that, I mean, no one's really, like, I haven't seen really anyone do that, so, yeah, um, that's a good angle. Um, and he does, and he does that right now. Yeah. So we, we actually have two songs we're working on right now, uh, that we're finishing up and we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the guy that I know on Hollywood who does a lot of music stuff is this guy, Brandon Goodman. He's Billy. I one of Billy Eilish's managers. She, he's from, oh. he's from like, right. We grew up like in the same area. And that's cool. Place. Yeah. But I mean, he, he went to LA and then, you know, went the circuit and now you know billy like he's in all the articles brandon goodman i don't know so he's he's done a good job okay. billy Eilish, yeah so um the songs are saying now so the thing that gets you gets in the headlines a lot is your is your dating life right your dating life people always want to know about the sway house boys i mean they, I, they, for, they so, love it they love it and it's and I, it's unbelievable if you do a google search it just starts filling out like you know, Griffin Johnson's girlfriend, like all this thing, like, like how many people, you know, you know, the number, the whatever. So it, it, all that stuff. Now, Dick, Dixie. So you dated Dixie, then you didn't, but then you cheated on her, but you, then you didn't. And no one really has any certainty or whatever. And what's your story? I mean, remember, we were, um, remember, we, remember we were talking about the nursing school. We got really honest. We had a little right. emotional moment. Maybe some tears were about to be shed, but they weren't. But, I mean, once, you know, I, people have asked you this stuff, so you probably get tired of it eventually. Um, so I talked about this on Josh's podcast, and I, I feel like I said it really well in there. Um, but basically what I said was there, there's a lot more to, you know, the story, like, we were on and off and we were broken up and then we weren't and like there was like a weird period where we were broken up and basically um i how how it all happened was i was just going through my dms when we had broken up for a few days just because like i wanted to talk to someone because i was i was down you know i i really really liked dixie um and i still like respect her um i respect her and noah being together i'm i'm happy for them and glad that things have kind of you know chilled out and they can move on and do their thing um but yeah, I was just, I was just sad. I, I just wanted to talk to a girl that wasn't famous and made me feel like I was in college again. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. And, uh, okay. you know, Dave pulled up there. There was basically what happened was she, she posted a bunch of screenshots from this girl. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was like some of it was true. There was a bunch of people making other things like DMS and, all of these other snaps that weren't that weren't true so that sucked because i basically had to just sit there and take it because what was i going to say um i all i can say about the story really is is like i wish that from the beginning both sides could have been transparent um you know there was some weird stuff going on and um 
you know, whatever she was doing her thing. And uh, I just wish that the, the story would have been out there instead of just saying, yeah, we were together the whole time. Things are great. And then he just went and Snapchatted this girl. It, Cause that's not true at all. Um, there's more, there's more to it is what you're saying. Yeah. It was like, it, it, it just seemed really, um, it, it was harsh, you know, and, and it hurt me because I really did like care about her. And I feel like social media ruined our relationship just because we had been together for since like February like we were together for months it was like five months six months whatever four months five months um and then we started dating and we kind of made it official on the internet and that just killed it like after that it was just like everyone in our business and blah 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 blah. and like it was hard people were trying to break us up you know a lot of people want to be with her because she has numbers and like it's sad to me because i started you know we started talking whenever we were same like same size like the first time i hung out with her was november of like 2019 like she didn't have followers like by the way how did you start hanging out with her so me and her were on and like we had this weird thing in the beginning from like november to january where we would like flirt and we would talk on on on, like snapchat or something like how'd you yeah like how'd you originally originally meet her so i originally met her we lived across the street from the hype house Who's so we? who's we? Uh, it was me, Jaden. Yeah, it was it was like the the starting of the sway house before we had the sway house. Okay, I got it. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, you lived across and the street. Yeah, I met her there, and we kind of we went to IHOP, and it was like a funny story. She paid for my IHOP that night, uh, which is really funny. But um, that is funny. Why why that happen? Uh, I don't know how. I was actually talking to the to the waitress like. And she was like, an, she was an older lady and we were just talking and I turned around and like she paid for the bill. Um, Got it. So Got it. she, she used to give me crap about that. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time we had met, but um, no, it was great, man. Like we, we've had a lot of great times. Like I'm sad. I'm honestly just sad about the way that things ended and how I acted, um, you know, with the, with the people called a diss track. It wasn't meant to really be a diss track. It was, that song that I wrote was me like it was basically a cry for help so I could speak um, because I couldn't speak on the internet without getting destroyed. Was she talking so, to you? Was she talking to you then or no? Not really. Um, we were, we were cordial, but not really like we didn't speak at all. Um, which really hurt me because how I wish things could have went down is like, she, like if she, the girl told her that we were we were Snapchatting. I wish she just would have came to me and we could have talked about it. And, like, I'm not going to lie. Whenever we were kind of working things out, I didn't think of me Snapchatting that girl as anything deep because, for me, it was just someone to talk to because I was lonely. I didn't think of it as, like, oh, I'm going to date her. Oh, I like her. Like, it wasn't like that. It was, like, I just needed someone to talk to. So, whenever we were working things out, like, I told her that we – um, that, that I hadn't spoke to anyone and like, I wasn't like trying to t- date or talk or do anything to anyone. Um, so when she found that out, she felt betrayed, which is very like, that's, that's like, okay. Like, um, I understand where, where she came from. That's kind of why it spiraled out of control and she got really like upset and like I got on the internet and that girl posted the video and like, that's kind of how it all came to be because it seemed like I lied and in a way I did, but I didn't mean to. 
Um, but I never got to explain that before things got out of control because it was a big like misunderstanding. And then like, basically I got destroyed on the internet and I was in a really bad place and I made this song, which I shouldn't have. And I, re sometimes I, re you know, I regret it. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's tough. I, I, I wish that we could still at least be not even friends, but at least just be cordial again. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you also wrote that letter, right? In September. Um, just to say like, you know, oh, um, it was, it was, it was, it was yeah. sweet. It was like something you put your thoughts yeah, in a short yeah. summary and um, cause you were getting blasted in social media cause people just make judgments. They're thinking that you were just running around on Dixie, I guess. Right. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I've, I'm a 21 year old kid. Like I I've made plenty and plenty and plenty of mistakes and like, I definitely towed a line and wasn't, you know, the best guy that I could have been um in in ways but i also wasn't this you know crazy like manipulative crazy cheater dude that's just terrible like like yep. everyone says yeah um and like i'll admit that I, i've done wrong i told you like i wasn't honest when she asked me if i had talked to other girls like i'm very open about it because i want people to learn from me um just so like even if i help one person if i would have heard this story from someone else before i did that maybe i could have like thought about it differently but it was also harder because i had millions of ears in my you know like or millions of people speaker and it was just really tough like i wish i i don't regret it because i'm happy with where it led my career but i definitely regret the fact that we're not friends and like i've done my fair share of messed up things that made me look like a jerk and like i just wish we could have communicated about it better yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's always different sides to the stories and whatever, and people take it out of context of and you guys, even if that DM stuff doesn't come out, you still may have broken up or whatever, you know, there, there might be other things in the relationship that, that people don't know about. Right. And that's what people just, of course. Think, and that's what people just think that that was the thing, but it may not have been right. It could have been, and that's, right. it's kind of what you were saying in your, you know, your talk. I, I mean, I get it. You're 21 years old. I mean, that's what happens. The relationships. I mean, it's so crazy, right. man. You got to think about how crazy what you're living through. I mean, I like <laughs> it's insane if you think about it. I mean, I remember going on a Western trip and stuff and different people. You're living it in the freaking. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how many tweets were at you that week or something. It must be insane, right? Yeah, dude, it was it was tens of thousands, if not hundreds. Oh, my gosh. I mean, literally. So do you, do you even look at the stuff or just don't look at it? Dude, my videos were getting a hundred thousand comments of just hate per video. Holy cow! And it's, and you just keep and you just keep living another day. You don't like? Do you get like depressed? Do you like? I mean, do you go to therapy? Um, you get like? I mean, how do you deal with that stuff? I mean, like uh, that's that's a lot because it comes on yeah, so man. quickly. It comes on so quickly. That's the problem. It comes on so quickly. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to go. You know, into I kept I kept posting through it all. I yeah. actually never quit. You didn't. Okay. Um. Yeah, not because I didn't like I it's not people I think got the wrong idea that I didn't care. Like some people would be like Griffin stays unbothered, he's a king. But like that's not what I wanted. I wanted to show people that like regardless of how much hate I was getting and like the the whole world could be crashing down, but like I genuinely just appreciate the people that are there for me. And I didn't quit posting um just because I I kind of wanted people to see me get crapped on a little bit just because like I wanted to like prove a point that you, you, if you do what you love, it doesn't matter. Right. 
Um, so that's basically the message I was sending out. Yeah. Um, but, but it, and it wasn't like you weren't feeling it, but you were just like, oh, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. Trust me. Yeah. I, so, uh, no, like sometimes I think people get like, they're not seeing you bothered by it and they see you keep posting like, Oh, I got to get this guy. I got to mess with this guy even more. And said, you're, you, you're, yeah. and said you're, it's, re- you know, it's rejection and you're just, you're fighting through it. And speaking of that, have you had like, you're out in Hollywood now, have you had some rejection and stuff you want to get done or people you want to meet like a list, you know, people like, have you encountered that where people don't give you guys a time or day or is it everyone's like, Hey, we need it. You know, they're chasing you now. I mean, I know a lot of people are chasing you, but are you also getting like rejection? How do you overcome that? If you do. Um, I get rejection every day. Um, I think a lot of people think just cause like we have followers or sway boys or whatever, like we can do whatever we want, but like, I send out plenty of tweets, plenty of DMs. I shoot for the stars, man. Like, I do that every day. I'll, I DM people just like I DM'd you. And, like, I get rejected nine out of ten times. But, like, it's all about that one win, um, you know. And, like, people I, like people really think that we don't get rejected, I feel like, sometimes. Like, I literally get rejected every day on a daily basis. You, like, re- reject- you really do. Oh, like, so you, you reach out to, like – I'm not even saying girls. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying business thing. Like, no, pe- like, like business. Like, like, let's say it was Steven Spielberg. I don't even know. You know, like you. So you do reach out to guys, not Steven Spielberg, but in general, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like I've reached out. I, some of my greatest relationships are from that too. You know, like even like I've spoke to Shaq now, like because I just because I DM'd him, uh, I got Gary Vee on a podcast just because I DM'd him. So, um, so when you when you when you DM Shaq. What'd you say to Shaq? I was like, I can't remember the exact message, but basically I was like, Hey Shaq, like love what you've done. Um, in the brand you've built. Um, you know, I'm a young entrepreneur and social media influencer, um, just getting started. And like, I would love if you could just give me like 15 minutes and we could talk about your career and any kind of advice you could give me just like stuff like that. And, and how, long, how, how long did it take him to reply? His was like overnight. Yep. Yeah, this is pretty I think, quick. I think Shaq's. Um, I think Sha- keep going. What are you gonna say? Well, I think he was probably someone on his team, but uh, I ended up eventually getting on a Facetime with him and stuff. So, like, just things like that, though. It's did like, you put it, did you, you do know, a podcast? Yeah. With, did you do a podcast with him, or was it just a Facetime you and him? Just a just a Facetime, um, which was cool. Uh, it was kind of like surreal. Not gonna lie, but there's there's a lot of people that you know, I've reached out to and gotten contact. I, you know, Bethany Frankel. I was, I, I, I participated in the CNBC fantasy stock portfolio with this guy, Oz Perlman. We came in like second, but Bethany was one of the people on it. There was like 10 of us and she was one of them. Well, she, that's how I got her on my podcast as well. Um, for brand aid. Like I just DM'd her and like now, you know, I I'm connected with her and um, can text her whenever I want. And like, it's cool. Like, that's a great person for me to be connected with. And it was just because I DM, I don't remember the other 10. I, I probably DM 50 people, you know, at least a couple of times a week. I don't remember the other 49 that, or whatever, 45 that rejected me. I only remember the five that respond. Yep. No, you're, you're right. I have a DM with Adam Sandler. So we met him last year and I DM'd him and I heard back, but you're right. So, so you reach out, you reach out to 50 people a week though, like that you're trying to make, like, is it t- easily, are they pretty similar templated messages? Yeah. Like, 
I, you know, I curate it based on like, it's people that I aspire, people I want to learn from, whether it's their business, their career, whatever. So they're very format. I just like, I just kind of curate it based on who they are and what I want to learn from them. Uh, when I type the message, but easily 50, sometimes 100, 200 people a week. So, so it's like the Gary V's or Jesse, um, whatever the guy, um, whatever, he's on Instagram crazy. He's the guy who runs like all these marathons, but it's like those kind of guys. It's not like Tom Hanks. It's more like business. No, it's everyone like ranging from literally, like I said, Gary V to Jessica Alba, like Jennifer Aniston, like everyone, anyone that you think is cool or like A-list celebrities. Jennifer Aniston get back to you? She didn't, that one hurts. I yeah. love her. She's my number one internet movie crush. I hear you. And I, I used to, uh, her and Shannon Doherty, and I was in a casino. I played at a, um, uh, whatever, a craps table with Shannon Doherty. And like, I talked, I mean, I still think, ah, oh, Shannon liked me, but I, you know, I was, this is right. before, you know, whatever. But yeah, so, that, so that's what you do. You do a lot of deals. Now, at the end of the day, what do you hope to get? like just the connections and see how they built their business and learn. Yeah. Like it, once you, like I said, once you meet me in person, it's really easy for me to connect with someone. Yep. So all I try to do is just get on a call. Even if I don't make an actual relationship with them, like just to get their number to maybe hopefully FaceTime and text them in the future. If I need something and just kind of get my foot in the door, whether we ever speak again, at least they'll recognize my name or my face. So when future things come up, they'll be more likely to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that kid. He's a hustler. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that kid. He was great. Um, so you're just doing, You're doing the right thing. Now, do you have any employees, you personally, like an assistant or anything? No, nah, man, I, I just do it. it this is going to sound really bad, and eventually I, I know I'm probably going to need more help, but I'm just very stubborn. And, like, when I mess up, it's easier for me to learn from it and hold myself accountable if someone else messes something up. I, I, all I can think about is I should have just done it. I should have just done it myself. So just for the anxiety factor and like, um, I don't know. Eventually I probably will, but it's going to, it's hard for me. People keep telling me to get one. I'm just like, ah, no, but you see, you, you're, you're a very real person. And that's why I was like, do you have any team members that work for you a little bit? Or, you know, I know you have Michael who manages and, you know, yeah, makes the connections and he's the man, um, all that. But what I'm saying is like, you're very real and things like learning, I don't know, the stock market or the basics of how someone, instead of getting 0% of the checking account could like, if you took like a thing and did a learning thing and made a course, like, and you're gen and it's genuine people like those are products that you probably could create and they would do well, you know, with someone else. Yeah. Like there's um, a lot of things that you could take it. What'd you say? I've thought about doing some stuff like that because like, I really have a passion for teaching people. Um, you know, even with Josh, I was trying to, you know, explain it to where it would make sense to him in the best way possible talking about business. It's like, I want to be able to do that because I feel like I'm pretty good at breaking things down, especially if I'm not on the spot. Uh, and I have like, I can edit it and think things out and plan it. Um, so I, I've definitely, I've thought about that. That's sure. what I mean. Like the kid, like these, my kids, I'm trying to get Josh to do an interview a week, you know, for the rest of his life. That'd be amazing. He does 52 a year and he's nine years old, you know? And so by the time he's 20, he has, you know, so I was trying to try to get him to like learn it a little bit. But the other thing I was going to say is kids like these games, they play these among us or these games and these, if you can create something yeah. that these kids would want, do you know, among us? Yeah. They're obsessed. 
So we created like a, we're like creating a financial game that's like the stock market contest. Those are things like that you could attach yourself to and get kids, you know. I mean, those are things that like your brand, and that's where I was saying like, how do you filter out these opportunities and all that stuff? And I get it. Mark Cuban is very similar to you and it's in the way he manages stuff. Once he has a deal, then he has a team that executes on it for him, like that does the stuff. And you kind of have that with Gruen. So you don't necessarily need, but, yep. but I guess in some respect, if you really wanted to scale your reach out thing, I mean, you could, but then it's not going to be genuinely you because you know what to say to Jennifer Aniston versus your assistant's not going to say the right words. Yeah. It's like, imagine I had someone on it and it's like, you know, a lot of it's copy, copy, paste the format and then curate it to the person. Imagine they copy and pasted it and like wrote about the wrong person or the wrong thing. And then it's like, they open it and they read it. They're like, Yep. What is oh this kid talking about? And then later in the future, I come into something and they're like, this kid's an idiot. Get him out. Oh, so I, I, I mean, it's not, this is interview is not my own. I'm going to get ripped on saying, Jason, don't talk about yourself. But I had the worst one. I wanted to work at a hedge fund. So I created this thing called the Dan Loeb Digest. It's third point. He's a very tough, but very smart um, hedge fund manager. Like one of the biggest in the world. I was emailing every week, my stock picks. And then like, finally I said enough or not enough. And I said, like, I want to come work for Third Avenue, okay? His is Third Point, okay? So he, he's, and so he wrote back to me. He's like, well, good luck. Tell Marty Whitman I say hello. That's another, it's a competitor. And so the guy that was helping me through this, like, advised me, this guy, James Altucher, who's very well known. If you look him up, you'll see he's, you know, he went viral in New York because he said New York is dead. But, um, and so James, I show him the message, Jason, you're done. You have to move on to your next guy. I'm like, no, I don't have many other guys. I was only going after one or two. It was like this whole thing. And so then the line to use, man, if that ever happens, here's the line. This is why I'm giving you the story. If that ever happens and you write to the wrong person or you do a copy paste of the wrong name, the response was, um, I just wanted to see if, you, if you're reading these messages, like, you know, something like that. I was messing around to see if you're actually, and then Dan Loberbeck, I like a guy with a sense of humor. All right, when do you want to meet? So that, that like those, like, you, know uh, I mean? you get it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. You're like, ah, I was just making sure. Yeah, but that's great that you're doing it. And then you just got to figure out what you do with it. I mean, all these people you're talking to, do you write a book? Do you do you do something with it? Do you, you just learn from them? Which I think is half the battle. It's for your age, you're 21, you're, you learn from them and then you you build stuff. I mean, you're the, the benefit you have is time right now, right? Yeah, it's... Uh, you don't feel like that, do you? No, I don't. I feel like I have a certain window of social media fame that I need to get everything. Are you afraid this TikTok thing is not going to grow or... Like, are you just, like, is that something that fearful for you? I guess not really, or not really. I'm not scared because I've always found a way to pivot, but I just want to accomplish as much as I can while I still have it. Okay. Now we've been going a long time. So, so I think I've pretty much covered everything. Um, what made you guys write, uh, donate all those masks for Corona? What, what made you guys do that? Right. So, um, you know, Bryce, of course, got in, in trouble for the um, partying during the pandemic. And, um, you know, with my nursing background, it kind of made sense for me. But um, we just we just wanted something cool to give back. Like whenever we do stuff, Sway always wants it to have a lot of purpose and, and, and a lot of meaning. Like so mass, of course, right now, uh, it's a huge Corona spike in the world, um, especially oh. back in Anna. Um, where I'm from right now, everyone's getting Corona. So like, I just wanted to, you know, do my best to make a difference whenever you can't be in person. 
um, and, you know, donate something that made a lot of sense and would actually have a lot of value right now. So mass just, it just made perfect sense. Um, so nine, nine year old, I'm teaching, you don't have the kids yet. So that's good. You know? Um, but, that's um, right. yeah, <laughs> but they're fun. They can be fun. You know, they're certain ages, but so, um, what's next for you? Is it just building the, the TV show, the, um, your videos that you do, be, yeah. be more real. Like what's, is there anything else next that people that are listening to, they should pay attention to for you? Um, my plan is to be the biggest host social media has ever seen. So the biggest, what? That, the biggest host, like show host, TV host. Got it. Got it. Um, event host, anything should, like that. You remember that, the game, the, the, the trivia thing, HQ. Remember that guy? He was huge. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. All right. But Griffin Johnson, you are the man. Keep up the good work. Keep up Thank what you. you're doing. And I think it's so, it's so nice for people to hear the real thing behind you and, the, and how you look at things and what you went through in nursing school and your life. I mean, you know, from a breakup when you're 20 years old, 21 years old, that is so public that most people had this very, I would assume, similar situations. Like you said, Dixie wasn't famous then, right? I mean, right. Um, and so that's just it's a whole different experience, but you had to live through it. And I think it's just amazing that you're not only living through these things, I would say trials and tribulations, but you're, you know, excelling, you're, you're overcoming them. Cause like a lot of people would just sit there at home and cry and not continue forward. And I think <laughs> what people need to recognize it's their short-term problems, you know, and you know, so, and you just keep pushing forward. So congrats to you on that. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that.